There is certainly a lot of interest right now and a lot of talk about video courses, online training, whatever you want to call it. The opportunity to monetize your expertise and knowledge in 2021 is very real. And in this episode of the podcast, I have a bonus for you. So keep listening. The world of video marketing for business is changing and I don't want you to get left behind. G'day, I'm your host, Ben Amos, and welcome to the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. Each week, I'll be bringing you the best in the world of video marketing, content creation, business growth strategy, and storytelling, along with practical tips, insight, and knowledge that you need to grow as a confident video strategist and build profitable businesses. Let's get on with the show. G'day, my friends, and welcome back to the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. This is episode 204 of the podcast. And this podcast episode is a little bit different to the normal ones because keep listening. In a short moment, you're going to hear the full audio from my highly popular mini masterclass, How to Design Your First Online Video Course. So if you've been thinking about designing a video course or helping your clients design video courses, then this training is for you. Now, in this episode of the podcast, you're going to hear the audio version of that, but I want to invite you to jump in and grab the full video training as well. And you can do that by going to engagevideomarketing.com slash video course. You can register there and jump in on that free training right now. Now, of course, this goes along with last week's episode where I introduced my online course coach and mentor, James Wedmore. And as I mentioned, James is right now in the middle of his live, free, absolutely epic training. So if this stuff that we're talking about here is interesting to you, then I highly encourage you to jump in on that free training. Uh, that James is offering while it's happening this week. So do that now at engagevideomarketing.com slash rise. I encourage you not to miss out on that. A lot of what you're going to hear in today's episode, I learnt from James Wedmore himself. So engagevideomarketing.com slash rise is where you get that. And the other link is engagevideomarketing.com slash video course. And that's where you can get the video version of this masterclass that you're about to hear. So that's enough from me. Here is your bonus in episode 204 of the podcast as I share with you the audio from the how to design your first video course mini masterclass. Here we go. G'day and welcome to this short video course all about designing your first video course. Yeah, it's a little bit meta, but what I'm gonna do over the next 30 minutes or so is share with you a little bit about how you can start thinking about planning and designing and making the right decisions in order to get yourself set up to get your first video course on the market and able to help your students right now. Now it must be said here that The idea of building out a business around video courses and monetizing video courses and growing courses as a key part of your business, there is a lot more that you will need to learn. So in the description and the resources for this lesson, you'll actually find some links to other people who you can learn more from when it comes to the world of video courses and launching video courses and memberships and all that sort of stuff. But in this course, you're in the right place if you're just thinking about getting started and I wanna help you do that the right way. Okay, so let's talk about why you're probably thinking about a video course in the first place and not least of which the idea of being able to communicate and share information with other people virtually or remotely and at a scalable level is pretty appealing to most people in business. But it's also projected that by 2025, the global e-learning market will reach 325 billion US dollars worldwide and so that stat's kind of crazy and I guess what you're doing as you're thinking about launching your own course is trying to get a little piece of that pie but obviously the key thing as well is also showing up for your audience in a way that they want you to show up for them 
because the stats also show that 60% of internet users reported that online courses are preferable to fit their lifestyle and schedules. The reality is, is that there's more and more demand and desire to learn online, whether that be in formal education, going into virtual training and online learning uh, opportunities, or whether it be in the self-education or the re-education industries as well. So the opportunities are there, and it's time for you to grab those opportunities and to start thinking about your own video course. And there are three aspects that I'm going to break down for you in this training to a successful video course. And the first one is audience. And when it comes to audience, you really need to know who it is that you're wanting to impact through the courses that you create. You need to understand what is the desired outcome that that ideal student is going to get as they go through your course. I'm going to talk to you about this concept of the transformation and the vehicle, and I'll get to that shortly as well. And you need to think, where is this audience coming from? Are they your existing audience or uh, is it a new audience that you're trying to sell this to? And we're going to break down how you can uh, look deeper into the audience's learning needs and styles and create your course to suit your audience. And then we're going to talk about content. Now in content, we're talking about how we can actually take the knowledge that we want to impart for someone and design the curriculum in a way that makes sense for online learning and video courses. Because the reality is, is it's not the same as face-to-face -face teaching or classroom or workshop style content delivery. We're going to talk about how we can tap into the learner and help them to engage with the content in the right way, even when they're doing so through video courses, through screens. And I'm going to share some information about how you can make decisions around the modes of delivery of your content. Uh, video is one of those modes of delivery, but there are other ways that you can share the information that you want to share and help people, help people achieve their outcome in the course as well. And we're going to break down some of the technology and platforms that I recommend. Now the reality is, is there is loads of possibilities of online course platforms and technologies you can use and connect together in order to, uh, in order to put your online course together. And I'm just going to share with you three of my favorites that I use and recommend as well. And finally, we're going to talk about marketing because creating the best course that you can but no one actually sees it or no one goes through the course, then chances are it's not going to be worthwhile anyway. So I'm going to talk about how you can think about the messaging of the course to make sure that it uh, resonates with your ideal audience so that they want to take your course. And we're going to talk about some thoughts around monetization and how you can uh, you know, set your course up for, for sales so that you can actually build a revenue stream from your online course content. And finally, we'll talk about beta testing and how you can actually launch this uh, basically before you've created the course anyway, so that you can really test your concept and test that there's desire in the marketplace for your course before you get there. And then finally, we'll talk about promotions and launching your course, some different ways to think about getting your course out there and opening doors so that people can enroll. So we're going to, as we go through these three aspects, we're going to really get a good overview of what it takes and what you need to do in order to get your first online course out there and for sale. And we're not going to go deep into all of these aspects that I hope to provide you with enough information that you're able to start this journey and make the right decisions to get your course started. All right, let's get into it. So step one is analyze your audience. And like I said, it's absolutely critical to know who it is that you want to be selling to. You don't want to be creating a course that's kind of for everyone. Okay, just like any marketing or just like any business, you really need to understand your customer avatar, your ideal customer who's the right person to really get results as they work through this course and understand them better than they know themselves and go through that process that's aligned with good marketing that we've talked about in other modules, other lessons um, that I've shared with you guys. But when you understand your audience, you know how you can impact on them and get successes with the course content that you're creating. This quote by Stephen Covey, who wrote The Seven Habits to Highly Successful People, he says, if the ladder is not leaning against the right wall, every step we take just gets us to the wrong place faster. Because the reality is you think of your online course like a ladder. It's designed to ladder someone up and get them to somewhere. Okay, but the reality is if you don't have a clear idea of where this course is supposed to take someone and who's supposed to climb that ladder, then chances are they'll get to the top and they'll be like, well, this isn't where I wanted to go. So clearly there's a misalignment there with your audience and your offer. So we'll get to that as well. So the questions you really need to ask yourself is who are you trying to help? 
And I want you to run through this exercise with me and write down on a piece of paper your answers as we go through this as well. Are you trying to help your existing audience, your existing community of customers, of people on your email list, of people who already follow what you do or are part of your ecosystem? Or are you trying to find a new audience with this course? You need to ask yourself that and that'll change the way that you go about creating the course. You need to then understand and seek out their pain, both the things that is troubling them, the problems that they're going through, that you can help with the course, but also the desires. So what do they desire? What, what do they want in life that this course can help them achieve? And try and do that in a way that you can understand the language that that audience uses around their pains and their desires. So whether you survey them or whether you get on the phone with them or you talk to them, Whatever it may be, if you can open up those conversations, you can start to really get a pattern of language that will help you speak to the ideal person to take your course in the right way, in a way that will make sense and align with them so that they come on this journey with you. And of course you need to listen, okay? So don't just assume that you know what your ideal audience, what their pain or what their desires are, but actually listen, spend some time in community forums on, online or spend some time kind of looking at most frequently asked questions that people put into these Facebook groups you might be a part of. And if you can answer those questions, then chances are there's going to be an audience there for your course in some way. So this is the research that you have to do. Really engage in conversation with people. It's critical to do this before you even start to think about what your course is even going to be or achieve. You need to really understand what it is that you're trying to do. And a really good piece of advice I want to share with you is, is there a way that you can help people one-on-one -on -one first? before you actually move into creating a scalable course model. So maybe you already have been helping people in your business achieve this outcome and do this thing and work through this process. Maybe that's the core of what you already do. But if you're not, if you haven't been doing that, then maybe look for ways that you can do some coaching or some consulting or work one-on-one -on -one with someone to help them achieve the outcome that you want for this course so that you can start to hear from them what's working for them and what's not. And you can really prove that the framework or the concepts or the process that you're gonna teach in the course is actually going to work. A leader in online course coaching and online business is a guy called James Wedmore. Now I consider James Wedmore a mentor of mine and I've been through a number of his programs as well. He actually refers to this outcome as the transformation and he refers to how you get them there as the vehicle. So it's this combination of really communicating the transformation that you want your ideal student to undergo and the vehicle is how you, how you will actually get them there. Let me share with you an example of this so that you can better understand this, this concept a bit better. So the first example on the screen here is basically my promise to you through Engage Video Marketing. And this is what I'm trying to help you with. So I'll help you reach your audience and grow your business. Now, that's the transformation that you want to achieve, right? Through effective video strategy. So the vehicle, my vehicle for my courses, my programs, my memberships is all around using online video strategically to help you achieve the transformation of growing your audience and your business. Let me give you another example here. And this is an example where the transformation is I'll teach you to lose weight and keep it off. So that's the transformation that someone's going to desire, right? by reframing your mindset around food and exercise. So this course is obviously using the vehicle of mindset and reframing to actually achieve the transformation of I'll teach you to lose weight and to keep it off. So hopefully that makes sense for you. I want you to maybe pause the video right now and grab a piece of paper and write out what your potential transformation and vehicle might be for the course that you want to put together. And now the next stage of understanding your audience is taking some time to really understand the audience's learning needs and style. So ask yourself these questions. How do they want to learn from you? Is video the best format in which to transform that person? 
Or is a multimodal approach suitable? In other words, using different forms of information transfer, maybe video combined with audio, combined with workbooks, maybe there's some checklists or some downloads, some resources that you can add in there as well. So that using different methods of, of teaching in order to best meet your learner where they want to be met. Do they need accountability or hand-holding? Is this the kind of hands-off course where they can just work their way through it at their own pace? Or in order to get success with this course, do they need some kind of accountability or community? Or, or maybe they need some, some element of touch with you where, there's, where you come alongside and do some coaching alongside them one-on-one -on -one while they're going through the group program as well. So ask that question to yourself. What is the ideal time frame to completion? So how long do you expect that it takes someone to achieve the transformation with your course, provided they go through the content in the right way? And ask yourself what will motivate and support them to completion. The goal of a successful online course is to create content that people will want to work through and they're not going to drop off halfway and lose interest and, and I guess lose the motivation to actually complete the course. That's not going to be a win for anyone. And finally, what else do they need from you to succeed? Do they need a, a, a group program? Do they need to be able to learn from each other as well as from you? Do they need some physical materials? Like is your, if your course is about wood carving, do they need specific knives or tools? Do they need some specific software in order to achieve what it is that the transformation is in this course. You need to be really clear on this because it's going to change the way that you make decisions about the course based on what else do they need from you in order to succeed. Okay, so step two is design your content. So we understand the audience now. The next stage is to actually think about how you can pull together your training material in a video course in the right way that's going to lead people to that successful transformation. And when it comes to curriculum design, I want you to think about the fact that it needs a different approach for online learning and video courses than it does if you teach something face-to-face -face or one-to-one -one in a coaching kind of an arrangement. So one of the best ways to kind of think about this is the power of a framework. Okay, some of the best online courses are based around teaching someone a blueprint or a process or a method or having some kind of a roadmap. Because if you can get your ideas, the way that you achieve the outcome that you want to share with your students, if you can put that into a, a framework, it gives you a way for people to move through the content in a structured and logical way so that it can be highly teachable. So whether it be your seven steps to this, or whether it be your blueprint for so-and-so, or whether it be the five things that you can do to achieve this, okay? Having some kind of a framework around it can be super powerful and ideally if you can even consider having a visual framework as well because that visual framework is what can really take just ideas of someone who really knows their stuff and bring it into a format that's highly teachable and it can become your, I guess, your proprietary your proprietary thing, your, your IP for you and your business. So take some time to think, is there a framework that you can wrap around your content? One way that I love to start the process of designing the content for an online course is to use the post-it note method. And effectively what you're doing here is you're brain dumping first of all, you're just doing a thought dump onto post-it notes. Um, and I like using physical post-it notes where you've actually got different colors and maybe a wall or a whiteboard in your office and just brain, brain dump everything that you want to potentially teach someone. Everything around a subject that you think can be part of your online course. Write it down with one or two words. It's only just, you know, just notes here and get them onto a whole bunch of post-it notes. Stick the post-it notes randomly down on a desk or on a wall. Don't worry about structuring things or sorting things out yet. You're just dumping your thoughts out and getting it down on paper here. Next, you wanna actually go through and critically go through your post-it notes one by one and either delete them if on reflection as you're reading it, you're like, actually, no, that's not the right piece of content to include in this course. You're gonna throw it out or put it somewhere else. Maybe it can be a different course that you can do later or build as part of a bigger course later on. So either delete it or collate it. Sometimes what you'll find is that there's certain things that you've written down on these post-it notes that can be combined into one because they're effectively gonna be the same, the same lesson or the same piece of content. Next, what you want to do once you've collated or discarded any of your ideas there is you want to start to think about the structure. 
So start to look at your ideas and, and start lumping them into different groups. So the way to think about this is kind of like a book. If you're thinking about what chapter of the book is this particular idea or concept going to go into and put them together in an area on your whiteboard or on your desk. So now you're starting to build out a bit of a structure or potentially a framework for the learning that you want to impart or share with someone. And next, you want to actually take that structure and start to put some critical thought into, can this become a framework? Is there a way that you can actually um, you know, put some, some process or some blueprint or some, uh, some methodology behind the order in which these things are going to be shared with someone? Because if you can framework it, like I said before, then it, become, it becomes much more structured and easier to teach. And then what you've got is effectively your course outline. Each one of your groups of post-it notes or individual post-it notes become a lesson within your modules and your modules are like your chapters, right? So this is one way that you can start to get your course content from your head and down in a structure that really makes sense when it comes to online learning. The critical thing here when you're looking at the different potential lessons that you've got within the bigger modules and then the modules make up the larger course, the critical thing is to think about what's going to actually go into each of those lessons. And does those lessons need to be split up into multiple lessons? Or can, if they're actually relatively simple, can some of them be combined into one lesson? So what you're doing here is going through a process of building out what your potential flow of your information might be through your online course. And before we move on from the post-it note method, I know for many people, they prefer to do things like this digitally. So you can absolutely use tools like Asana to organize your thoughts or just put it into a Google Doc, for example, and just um, move things around, cut and paste and things like that. So you can do this process digitally. But I really like the idea of tactically writing on post-it notes and sticking them up on a wall or on a whiteboard. Okay, so when you've mapped out your content, then you need to think about how you're going to actually produce your course. Now, I'm not going to go very deep into video production or how you actually get these course videos made or write your scripts, all that sort of stuff. You can figure that stuff out or find some other resources within my trainings that will help you do that. But I want you to recognize that when it comes to producing your videos for your course content, I really believe in the idea that done is better than perfect. In other words, once someone has bought your course, they're after the information. They don't need necessarily highly produced content if it's outside of the realm of your budget or your scope or ability as a video creator. So create the content in a way that's going to communicate the outcome that you want to provide. Don't get bogged down too much in production because some courses that I've been through and are super high value, the production quality of the actual videos is actually pretty pretty low, pretty simply produced. So don't get bogged down on production. With that in mind, I'm going to share with you four methods that you could potentially use to get your video course content created. And the first method is the simplest, really, I think, which is actually doing them as live webinars, live teaching webinars where you've created the slides in advance, you're using a webinar platform, and your students are all going through the content at the same time. So maybe it's a series of six weekly live webinars that go for an hour and teach your content to people over the course of those six one-hour webinars. The benefit of this approach is it actually allows some question and answer at the end of the webinars so that you can start to learn from the students and get feedback from them as well. The other benefit here is there's really no video production as such. You prepare your content, maybe you prepare some slides, you need to know what it is that you're talking about, but you're just creating the content in the live webinar as well. And it can be a little bit loose and you can kind of stumble over words and that's fine because it's a live webinar. So that's one way that you can go about creating it. Another way, it takes a little bit more work in production, but it's actually quite simple and easy to do yourself if you haven't got the abilities to produce high quality video. And that's method two is voiceover and slides. So using just any microphone that you can attach to your computer or just recording your voice while you're recording your screen, clicking through the slides, it is a really effective and simple way to actually just get your content taught in a way that um, often works quite well for people, particularly if you've got some high value slides, some good visuals that people can just really understand very quickly the concepts that you're sharing. 
The downside to this is that it doesn't allow them to connect a lot with you as a person because you're not necessarily, they're not seeing you as a teacher, they're just hearing your voice. So try and bring some personality into your content creation through the way that you're delivering the content. That, that's my best advice there. And method number three is do-it-yourself video production. So using your smartphone or using your webcam, you can actually start to create content just using the tools that you have and then having them either edited yourself or using an editor, maybe an outsourced editor, to turn that into video course content by integrating your slides perhaps or integrating some graphics or text onto the screen as well. So a simple way to get some production created at relatively low budget. And finally, the fourth method is either you've got the capabilities to do high quality professional video production yourself or you hire a video crew. You get someone to come in and actually work with you on production of the content. And there's a number of different ways you can do that, of course. So one of those four methods is probably going to suit you for your first video course. I would suggest though, keep it simple and don't get bogged down in production. The next thing to consider is learner engagement because the reality is, is that screens engage differently to classrooms or face-to-face. Or -face. So we need to think about how we can create the content in a way that's going to align with the audience or the user or the student. And typically we need to allow for shorter attention spans and also allow for distractions because if someone's going to be engaging with the, your course content at home or on their smart device or you know, while the washing's on or the dinner's on or their kids are at their feet, the chances are there's going to be a bunch of distractions. So I usually recommend that you want to keep your videos to really as short as possible so that someone can get a quick win and work through your course content in a sequential and structured way. And if they sit down and they see that this video is only 15 minutes, then they're like, okay, well I can watch two or three videos today and then I'll come back tomorrow and watch another one because I've got to spare 15, 20 minutes. So my recommendation is no longer than 15 to 20 minutes for each one of your lessons. In fact, if you can make them shorter, that's even better. You also want to plan in your content for what, are, what we call pattern interrupts or by forcing engagement in your videos and your lesson design. So what I mean by that is pattern interrupts is in the way that your videos are edited, can you bring in some moments where people's attention is reset? And you can do this through the edit, so you can actually um, you know, change up your shot or um, include some piece to camera, so some FaceTime on the camera, as opposed to just your slides and just your voice. That's a great way to interrupt the pattern and to get people to kind of come back to you. Or maybe there's ways that you can use transitions or little moments of music or even sound effects to kind of bring people back into the content. Because even if you're delivering great content in your lesson, what you don't want is for people just to, to switch off or to navigate over to another tab and start scrolling their Facebook feed. Ideally, if you can force engagement by using some of these techniques, then you'll actually get people more engaged and retain them longer through the course. Another good way to force engagement is by actually providing additional resources that go with the lesson. And a great example of this is to provide a, a, a downloadable and fill-outable workbook that people actually, you encourage them to fill out while they're going through the course. So that can be as simple as a number of pages in a PDF with some blank spots where you want people to actually um, fill in the blanks. So if you share five steps to so-and-so, then leave the five steps blank in your workbook and ask them to actually fill it out as they go. That'll help them to retain the knowledge better and it also forces them to engage more because they won't want to miss one of those things and have a blank line on their, on their fill-outable workbook. So you can play around with that and come up with some cool ideas to force engagement with your content. And off the back of that, you also want to consider using support information and materials to make sure that people can stay engaged. And that could be, for example, some downloads, some checklists that help reinforce the, what you taught within the actual lesson. So they go through the video lesson and then they download a checklist so that they can pin up on the wall and refer back to any time they need to do that process, for example. Or maybe there's some further information that you can provide in a downloadable um, poster or an infographic or something that shares further, more detailed information that you didn't need to include in the video itself. And also remember that learning is more than just a transfer of information. It's not just about getting ideas from me to you. It's also about helping you 
engage with those ideas and to take action with those ideas. So where you can build in some elements of community or, or accountability, maybe you can have a Facebook group that goes along with your course so that people can come into that Facebook group and share ideas and talk about the learnings and the wins that they've had and things like that. So try and build some kind of community around this online learning experience that you're providing to people. Okay, so next we're moving on to the thing that most people are focused on when it comes to creating an online video course, and that is making decisions about the technology or what platform are they going to host their video course on. But I just want to caveat here that everything else we've discussed before this point really needs to be decided upon before you make a decision on what platform you're going to stick your content on. Don't get bogged down on that before you've designed and planned out how you actually want to deliver this course to people. So I want to run you through a little bit of a decision-making process when choosing a learning management system or a course hosting platform. Ask yourself these questions. First of all, make a list of the must-haves and nice-to-haves. Or the question to ask yourself here is, what does this course platform need to have? And what's something that it's just nice to have that maybe you can use additional plugins or other ways to do something if you can't find the right solution for what you're looking for? Because if you can get clear on this, it can help you make decisions about which platform to use. Next question is, will you host it on your domain? So on your website, maybe in your WordPress through a plugin that is, operates on your domain, or using a third party. Now, there are pros and cons to this, but at the end of the day, I usually recommend that you host using a third party video hosting platform because it allows you to have separation between your website side of your business, kind of your, your front end of your business on your website, and the back end or student management side of your business um, in on the course platform. So if one goes down, if you have some issue with that, then you've still your business is still functioning on the other thing. And also these bigger learning management systems or course hosting platforms, they have very strong redundancies and backups that chances are you might not have on your own domain. So that's why I tend to go for the third party option than the hosting on your own domain. Now, that said, there are ways to in many course platforms to actually make it look like it's on your domain through using subdomains and redirects and things like that. Next, you want to make a decision around how will payments, enrollments and access for students be managed? Because people need to have logins, they need to have passwords, maybe they forget their passwords, so they need to reset their passwords. If you can find a platform that makes all of this easy for both yourself as the course host, but also as as a student as well, then that's going to be better in the long run for the success of your course. So does the platform that you want to use actually allow the integration of payment gateways so that you can take payment directly in the course platform so then they're immediately enrolled and given a username and a password for your course? Um, and can they actually manage their own subscription or membership to your course within the platform as well? That'll save support requests and emails saying, ah, I've forgotten my password or whatever. Right, so make it easy on yourself and on your students is my best advice there. Next question is, what will the user experience be for the learner? So have a look at some of these platforms where you can go through some other courses on some of these platforms you're considering and figure out what do you like and what do you not like? What as a user is a good experience and what is maybe not so good in, and good of an experience. Look at things like the user interface. Um, you know, it, is it easy to navigate through? Does the material, is it easy to find material that you're looking for? Um, is it a good experience for you as the learner? The next question you want to ask yourself is how are the videos hosted? So if it's a video course, you need to be thinking about, okay, well, what's the video player and how does that look? And is it in high definition or high quality? Uh, is it easy to pause or rewind? Are, the, are there options for really engaging with the video in the right way? Can you, for example, use subtitles or transcripts on your videos? Is it possible for a student who's halfway through a video for the course platform to remember where they were up to on that video if they navigate away and then come back to the course? So a whole bunch of decisions to make there around what's important to you. And finally here in your decision making around the course platform to choose is, is assessment or progress tracking required? 
Okay, so do you need your students to be able to fill out quizzes that can be marked or submit assessment to make sure that the learning has been transferred? Or do you need to be able to track the progress of students through your course so that you can make sure that they're moving forward at the appropriate pace? Or if they've completed the course and maybe you need to issue certificates of completion or that sort of thing. So a number of decisions to make there that will make the decision as to which platform you set your course up on much easier once you've decided on these things. So as I said earlier, there are countless platforms that and different ways that you could potentially host your course online. However, what I'm gonna share with you here is the top three that I recommend and use, because really you can do your own research on the different platforms that are available to you, but I can only speak from my own personal experience with these three particular platforms, and all of these are fantastic for different uses. And to be honest, you really can't go wrong with any of the three names that you see on the screen here. All of these platforms enable you to share videos, PDFs, audios, images, and more within your course platform. All of them allow some sort of assessments or quizzes or tracking progress of students through the course. They allow you to upload content using Google Drive or Dropbox to speed up the process of uploading content to your course platform. They all have some sort of drag and drop landing page builder or page builder, which makes the actual building of the site for your course very easy uh, for people without coding experience to just drag things and drop things and add boxes and things like that. So all very powerful with that. And all have levels of customization um, that are inbuilt within so that you can try and align your course platform to look fairly close to your brand or your business through different themes or color choices and things like that. They all allow unlimited video hosting um, and all of them actually use Wistia as a hosting platform. Although you don't need a Wistia account, it's all just inbuilt into the platform. So you can upload as many videos, your course can be as big or as small as, or as long or as short as you need it to be on any of these course platforms. And finally, all of them have integrations with different payment gateways. Whether you wanna be paid through Stripe or PayPal or whatever it may be, uh, they all integrate directly with these different payment gateways. So. Kajabi, Teachable or Thinkific, make your choices based on the research that you do and the other decisions that you made following the previous slide and you won't go wrong. Now I do wanna say here that my preference and my courses right now, in fact, the course that you're watching right now is on Kajabi. Now I recommend Kajabi right now over the other two, even though I've used both, uh, I've used both of the other two and they're all great. Kajabi for me has everything that I need and it's in my experience has the best learner experience, which is what we talked about before. So if you're interested to check out Kajabi, uh, you can use my partner link below this video, which is engagevideomarketing.com slash Kajabi. That will actually give you a month free to try it out. You can effectively get your course set up and get your course monetized, start bringing in money before you even pay your first installment of the Kajabi plan as well. If you've got any questions about Kajabi, Teachable or Thinkific, reach out to me directly, I'll be happy to answer those. Okay, and the final step is marketing your course. Because like I said, having the best course created, produced and up on the best platform for your needs, if you're not actually getting it in front of the right people, then chances are it's just a waste of your time and it's not going to return on your investment. So when it comes to marketing, I kind of, I always like this idea of the field of dreams. Remember the idea that if you build it, they will come. And Kevin Costner's perceivably futile attempts to get people to come to his, uh, to his baseball field in the cornfields. Well, the thing is, I wanna ask yourself, if you build it, will they come? You see, time and time again, when it comes to online course creation, people are focused too much on just getting the content made, getting the course created, before they think about, have they got the audience to actually buy? Or are people actually wanting this training in the first place? So I want you to think really critically about how you're going to market and promote this course so that people actually enroll in the course. And the first thing to think about here is messaging. Because if you don't get the right messaging around your course, then chances are people are not gonna understand that it's for them. So first of all, you need to think about how will you talk about your course? What's the language that you use when you're sharing on social media about this course that you've got, or when you're emailing people about this course, or when you're just talking one-on-one -on -one with people about the course and whether it's a right fit for someone? You need to get your languaging tight around your course and get your messaging really aligned with your ideal audience for the course. 
So use your audience's language, as I said earlier in this training, particularly around the problem that they're feeling. If you can be really clear and communicate to someone the problem that they're feeling and how this course is going to address their problem, and particularly if that resonates with the person that you're talking to, then they're going to be interested in enrolling in your course. And remember the idea of the transformation and the vehicle. I want you to really focus here on the transformation or the benefit that the course is going to provide someone, not the features. Too often I see people on a landing page or a sales page for their course, they're just promoting the idea that there's you know, 25 lessons, there's over seven hours worth of video content, there's 37 downloads or PDFs, there's five one-on-one -on -one calls. If you focus too much on the features and people don't understand the transformation they're going to get or the benefit, then people just aren't going to be interested. People don't want to watch 37 hours worth of video content, what they want is the outcome. Now, if it takes 37 hours worth of video content to achieve the transformation, then they'll watch 37 hours worth of video content if the transformation is strong enough a desire for them. But if you focus on just communicating based on the features and not the benefits or the transformation, you're going to lose people. Hopefully that's clear enough. You also need to, in your messaging, address and overcome objections. Really understand what it is that's preventing people from potentially wanting to enrol in your course. And sometimes the objections might be with time. They don't think they've got the time to go through your course. Or it might be to do with the investment or the, the cost of your course. Or it might be to do with they, they feel like they're not ready or they're not at the right place within their business or their life to actually achieve the transformation that you're promising in the course. So overcome those objections. Address those in your copy and in your messaging so that people really understand if this is for them. And you need to think also about where will you talk about your course and how often will you talk about your course? So, you know, do you talk about it on your podcast or on social media or in your face-to-face -face meetings with people or at your community group, whatever it may be, like where are you going to talk about your, your content, your course, and how often will you talk about it? Okay, next in the marketing phase is monetization. And of course, sometimes a good video course can be free, particularly if it's used as a lead magnet or to build your email list, for example. But at other times, you want to think about monetizing your course and bringing in an additional revenue stream into your business. So the big question I often get is, what should I charge for my course? It's a good question. And the answer is, well, it depends. Okay, and it depends on the perceived value of the transformation. Okay, so you need to really critically ask yourself, what does this ideal audience for this course, what is the perceived value of that outcome that this course is going to provide from them? And get your messaging right around that. So decisions to make, are whether this is a free or a paid course, is it a one-time investment that people pay for once and they have lifetime access to the course or a limited time access to the course? Or is it a subscription model where people pay every month to continue to have access to the course? You also need to ask yourself, when I sell this course, are there going to be ways to have discounts on the course investment cost? Or are there going to be bonuses that I can bring in to allow people to see that there's more value in the course because of these bonuses that you're adding in? Or are you going to use affiliates to help sell your course as well? And therefore, what are the affiliate commissions going to be? This all comes into decisions around your pricing structure. And we can go super deep into this, which we don't have time for in this lesson. But I want you to start to ask these questions and start making decisions around these factors of monetization for your course. A really good idea for your first video course is the idea of running a beta test or some kind of founder's enrollment. There's a number of different terms you can use. Beta tends to be used in the software and tech space and people understand that in the entrepreneurial world. But you may want some other languaging around this, but it's effectively the same thing of testing the messaging and the framework before you build it. So getting people to enroll in your idea for the course and to come along on the journey with you of actually building the course together. And the best way to do this, I think, is by running a live webinar version. So like I said in method one earlier, is if you can actually create a course that can be rolled out over a series of weeks or a sequence of webinars and taught live, then you're not having to do the work to build your course beforehand, 
before you've even tested and validated the idea. So maybe you can run a webinar with a small group of people and test the concept and then ask for feedback from those people as well. Another way to do this is potentially just an email course. Can you deliver the transformation just through a sequence of emails? Now this tends to be for simpler transformations, but can you ask someone to enroll in receiving a series of emails from you over a period of time? And those emails have activities, maybe there's some downloads, maybe there's some links to a few, a few quickly produced videos, but this prevents you from having to invest in a course platform if you've already got some kind of email provider that allows you to sequence out emails emails. Another really simple way to do a beta test. And you, so what you're doing here is you're effectively building it as you go and you're letting those beta users, those participants, to come alongside and help you build the content. You want to open up lines of dialogue and communication with them so that they can say to you, this was great but I didn't understand this enough and can we get a bit more content or learning around this because it was a bit lacking in that area. So as you do your beta course, people are going to basically help you build the course, which is super valuable. And of course, those people, once they get the transformation that you're promising, they're going to be your case studies. They're going to be your testimonials. They're going to be your success stories and your, your raving fans so that when you do the bigger version, the full version of your course, they're going to have already had the wins and, and they're going to rave about you. So a super valuable way to really test your idea out. Next, you want to think about promotions and launching of your course. And there are a few kind of things to think about here. Again, we're not going to get too deep into this right now. So I want to break down for you a number of ways that you can think about promoting or launching your course. And it's going to be, there's, there's pros and cons to this for different people. So you need to just be aware of the different ways you could consider doing this and then find further information or dive deeper into how to do this more effectively from some of the resources that you see below in the description for this course. So the first one is a live launch. So actually using Facebook Live or webinars or using um, Instagram Live, wherever your audience is going live over a series of week or few days and pumping up the idea of this course is coming. Particularly if you've already got an audience there, a live launch can be a super easy way to promote your course and get it out there. Next is webinars. So offering free webinars and effectively providing value in the webinar and then at the end of the webinar promoting your course. And if you do this in the right way, it can be a really easy non-salesy way to sell by providing value first and then offering people the opportunity to enroll in your course at the end of the webinar. A video series launch is a very popular way to do it as well, which is actually teaching a number of things that get people set up for the transformation that they're going to get in the course. Now obviously you don't teach the whole transformation in your course. Think of it like giving them the concepts and ideas that they need through a number of videos that you release over for free over a period of time and then the outcome or the call to action from that series of videos is to get this transformation, come and join the course. Or perhaps you've already got an email list and if that email list has your ideal target audience for this course on it, then email can be one of the best ways to promote your course as well. And what you want to do here is not just send one email about your course launch, you want to send multiple emails leading up to the doors opening to your course and then a number of emails ongoing while people are able to enroll in your course depending on the type of course launch that you're doing. And then finally you want to consider the partners that you have around you or potential partners that you have around you in your business community or in your network. People who have access to or have audiences of the people who you want to serve in your course. Is there a way that you can maybe build affiliate relationships with those people so that they can help promote your course to their audience and maybe receive an affiliate commission for any sales that they help you make. Or even if it's more of a joint venture kind of thing where you promote their stuff, they promote your stuff or whatever. Look for ways to tap into your community of other people around you to build partnerships around your course and so that you're not doing it alone. And finally ads and particularly Facebook ads when done correctly can be a great way to apply appropriate budget to actually warming up a cold audience and moving them through to making the decision to buy your course. Now it's not as simple as just running a Facebook ad that says buy my course. What you want to do is to actually be quite strategic about the way you set up your Facebook ad campaigns so that you can move people through a process of actually making a decision to buy from you. We're not going to go deeper into that today but ads can be a great way of promoting your course as well. 
And finally, I want to talk to you about this idea of having a course that's open for enrollment all the time, which is called an evergreen course, or a course that opens and closes for enrollment at different periods of the year. And that's usually referred to as an open close cart kind of a launch. And the difference here, again, there's pros and cons, and you need to make the right decision for you and your audience and your business model. There is obviously benefits to opening enrollment for the course and then closing it down after a period of time so that you can take a cohort of students through the information all at basically the same rate. And it also means that you're not always promoting your particular course because it can get quite tiresome and can require a good amount of marketing budget to really push and promote your course if it's open all the time. However, the benefits to an evergreen kind of a course is that people can buy any time. So you might get this undercurrent of, of revenue coming into your business on a consistent basis, particularly when you build out a good funnel or marketing approach that can just keep on rolling um, ideally without too much kind of intervention from you and so that people are enrolling in your course based on everything else that you're doing around your marketing. So there's pros and cons to both. You need to make some decisions about what your course is going to look like and what structure it's going to take. Okay, so when you design for all three of these stages in your course, you're going to set yourself up for success with your first online video course. The fact is that most people are focused on the content element. They're focused on, okay, what's going to be in my course and how am I going to get it out there so that people can actually get into my course and buy it from me. But if you're not focused and really spending some time on understanding your audience and how you're going to move them through to that transformation, then chances are you might create the wrong course in the first place. And also when it comes to your marketing, how are you actually getting it out there so that people will actually buy your course as well? All of these things need to be part of your decision making and hopefully the information I've shared within this course today has helped you be more strategic about making those decisions and has guided your pathway into what's next for you as you move towards getting your online course out there and helping people as soon as you can. Now, as I've mentioned throughout this program, there is a number of resources and downloads for this lesson. So make sure to check under this video and get access to anything that's gonna help you travel on this journey further as we go. And finally, I wanna leave you with this idea. Don't let imposter syndrome get in the way of you taking action and creating this course that you wanna create. Because if you're confident in the transformation that your information can provide to your ideal audience, then you owe it to them to put this course together and get it out there. Don't be held back by this idea of, well, who am I to teach this course? Or I'm no expert yet. If you are a number of steps ahead of the people who you wanna teach and you can share information that's gonna make that journey easier for them, then like I said, it's your responsibility to get it out there and get your course created. I can't wait to see what you come up with and make sure to tag me in something or let me know when you launch your course. I'd love to see the success that you're having. Reach out to me anytime if I can be of assistance and go create an awesome online video course. All right, my friends, I hope that was interesting, valuable to you, and hopefully it encouraged you to go and grab the full video version of that masterclass at engagevideomarketing.com slash video course. Once again, last reminder here, if you haven't yet jumped in on the hugely valuable free live training from my coach and mentor, James Wedmore, I encourage you to do that. Go to engagevideomarketing.com slash rise. It's called the rise of the digital CEO. And I've already watched the first training. It has been immense. And I know you're going to get so much value. Engagevideomarketing.com slash rise. All right, my friend, thank you for joining me and listening to this episode. I'll be back with you next week for another episode of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. See ya.